This is the Morning Rush. It's your boy Tony C, the venerable one. Yes. Mike Burke, uh, back in the big chair and the back in the saddle. For another two hours of the Morning Rush here on WCMD, brought to you by Thomas Cumberland, where, Mike, we already know the experience is all about you. It is. Uh, we are live from the palatial WCMD studio, high atop Industrial Boulevard, uh, at least 10 feet up, on the south side of the Queen City, baby, Mike. We're about to embark on what could be the longest show of our, <laughs> the show of our lives. Well, it's getting off to a good start. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I know how you are, but nobody else does. I'm okay. I mean, it was touch and go there for a while. I don't know, man. I I, I was afraid I was coming down with vertigo again when I was got up this morning. <laughs> I thought, and it was kind of an interesting drive down here. But I can imagine. I can imagine. But it, I, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm this is just, what happens whenever you get two uh, aging veterans together in the, in the same room at the same time. Well, I tell you, I wouldn't wish vertigo on anybody. Well, I, I, well uh, two people I would. Okay, but, all right. Well, but just, other than that, I wouldn't it, wish. If it's it on only anybody. two, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. So you're dealing with that issue. Uh, I've been dealing with. I ate something last night. I don't know. Something did not agree with me. Yeah. And it's been doing a little tap dance on my innards for the last several hours. So I, I, I lack sleep. Nothing too terrible yet. Just that feeling of just, just not well. But you know, we'll trudge through it. Conversely, I got a solid seven. And you means, did, and that's. I think that's my system's so delicate. It's not used to having <laughs> seven hours of sleep. Used to having like four and a half. It's one of those deals where the more sleep you get, the worse you feel. Jeez. Oh, I mean, I feel okay. I just can't move my head around too much. You know? oh, okay. Well, we'll you know just keep us stabilized. And, yeah. And, yeah. And you'll be. <laughs> you have a brace. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be all right. Ah, uh, coming up on today's show. And it's going to be a long show because this is this is Friday for both of us, really. Uh, because you, you won't, because you know, you're here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm not here tomorrow either. Yeah. Because after I'm done here today, I'm off for a week plus. Okay. So you know, I I think I pretty much left one foot out the door when I got here today. Well, that's no way to be. I disagree. Just enjoy the moment. <laughs> enjoy the moment. Enjoy the present. Yes. Enjoy your company is what you're saying. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> Uh, coming up on today's show, uh, we'll see how the Bucks, O's, and Nats did last night. Uh, about as, as well as we did last night. Let's put it that way. Uh, not good. Uh, the Seattle Kraken held the expansion draft last night. Who did the uh, Capitals and Penguins lose? Is Giannis the new face of the NBA? And this really big story that just dropped uh, yesterday, a uh, late evening. Could we see Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC? And we'll definitely uh, dive deeper into that one as uh, well as some other things in the next two hours of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this thirsty uh, Thursday morning. It's never Mm. too early to be on a thirsty Thursday. I don't think anyway. Uh 
It Depends on hurt. who you are. <laughs> it might not hurt. That's right. It cannot hurt. Uh, several ways to get involved on the show are uh, several uh, Twitter pages at uh, WCMD Morning Rush, my page at Rush Tony C, Mike's page at Mike Burke MDT, our Facebook page at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Give us a call. Rush line is open 301 759 2628. And of course, uh, do not forget about our page. On the free Podbean app where we upload every show every day. Take all those commercials out. Cut it up, slice it up, wrap it up in a nice neat bow, and just put it up there for you to listen to at your convenience. Because, again, it's all about you. So several ways uh, to get involved if you uh, so uh, choose to do so. We encourage it. We welcome it. All right. So uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, let's start off with a little uh, appetizer. A rock around the region. I want to rock! And we start with Major League Baseball. Mike, this is going to cut deep early for you. The Orioles had a 4-3 lead over the Rays last night in the ninth inning. And they did not keep it. 0-2 to Meadows. And the pitch. Line drive up the middle. Base hit. Here is Mejia to score the tying run. Here is Kiermaier to score the winning run. And Austin Meadows has delivered. And the Rays have won the series and walked off the Orioles 5-4. to four. The call on 620 WDA. It, it cuts deep for me, too, because Austin Meadows, a former Pirate, mm-hmm. uh, his first walk-off hit of the season, a two-out, two-run single in the ninth to give the Rays a 5-4 win. Uh, Randy Rosarena hit two home runs for Tampa, which took two or three in a series. Ryan Mountcastle and uh, Pat Vileka homered for Baltimore. And the thing about that, uh, Mike, is Meadows' hit wasn't on 0-2 pitch. One strike away well, from winning the game. Yeah, Tanner Scott, who they, you know, has this big arm, the whole deal. You know, he he hung a slider uh, that got him in trouble the first batter. Then he then he walked. Well, no, he, he there's a there's an infield gaff at first and second base. And then then he walked the bases loaded, and then he had uh, Meadows 0-2, and he served up a big fat meatball. <laughs> right down the middle of the plate. And uh, if he's, if, you know, I know he's young, but if he's a closer, I'm a jet pilot. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was, it, it was, you know, Orioles played pretty well. And, you know, that, that it, it really, you know, the day after I write, you know, just enjoy the moment. I mean, that was, <laughs> That's right. that was, that was, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's always, it's not always easy to enjoy right. the moment. Right, right. And that was uh, really disappointing that uh, he didn't have a waste pitch. He had nothing. He he just served it up. And Meadows, bang. Was it? Uh, I didn't see it. Was it a? Fa- would he just try to blow it by him? Was it a fastball? Thinking yeah, right, it, I got a move too. It was, wasn't even a high fastball. It, it, it was just uh, right down. Right just the try blew, just try mean, to blow it by him. And right that was up, it. right above the, you know the knees and. And you know it's it's you know funny you bring it up because we've been talking the past couple of days about the change in hitting philosophy that's been hurting Major League Baseball. Where it's all launch angle, exit velo, home run, or, right. or bust. I think pitching's changed too. Now it's all oh, about sure. it's all about the big arms, yep. hundred miles per hour, you know, fastballs. Try to blow it by guys. We don't see too many Greg Maddoxes anymore. Guys who no. you know who paint the plate, who actually know how to pitch. Well, if that makes sense. It's like we alluded to uh, yesterday, talking about the aerial streak. They don't pitch to their defense anymore. 
You know, they, right. it's, it's the big arm, the big strikeout. You you have more, you know, talking to Leo Mazzoni about this. He, he said he's, he has more on parents who come up to him and ask if, if they think he thinks they should get uh, Tommy John surgery done <laughs> on, on their 14-year-old kid to make the ligament stronger. Wow. You know, because it's all about, th- you know, throwing the ball. The fastball. Know, it's, all yeah. about the, it's all about the radar gun, and that, that's what's going to kill arms. Did not know that. That's amazing. I mean, that you're right. I mean, just as as uh, they're re-teaching re- how to hit at the uh, travel levels, it's all about the radar gun. Right. All right. So there you go. And apparently, Tanner Scott needs to learn that lesson. It's it's not working. I don't see how you. Oh, two. You at least waste one pitch. Yeah. Well, uh, you learned that in in senior league. He's an idiot. He <laughs> was also the losing picture uh, as the Rays get that win again, five to four. Elsewhere, in Arizona, the Pirates were trying to avoid getting swept by the worst team in baseball, the Diamondbacks. Now, mm. remember, we talked about this yesterday. On Tuesday, the Bucks had a 5-3 lead in the seventh inning, only to see Arizona score eight runs in that seventh inning. Last night, the game was tied 4-4 uh, in the seventh inning. And again, it did not end too well uh, for the Pirates. Here's the pitch. Can't do that forever. And that one's hit deep out to right. Paven Smith admires it. Why not? That's 15 rows back and right. Well, Smith has given the Diamondbacks the lead right back. Now the 2-0 pitch is swinging a deep fly ball to right. Oh, boy. That one is deep and back, and that one is gone. Home run for Varsho. The Diamondbacks have gone back-to-back. The calls, Joe, Joe Block. On the Pirates Radio Network, again, the beaten down calls by well, Joe Black. I thought it was Harry Doyle again, yeah. <laughs> and that one is gone. That was it. It was gone. That 12, year, 12 rows back. <laughs> uh, back-to-back jacks by Paven Smith and Dalton Varsho, uh, son of former Pirate Gary Varsho, by the way. Oh. Uh, they hit him off of Dwayne Underwood Jr. to give the D-backs a 6-4 win and the three-game sweep. Brian Reynolds had three hits, and Adam Frazier had two uh, for the Bucks. And I asked you, uh, Mike, when you came in this morning, uh, if you get swept by the worst team in baseball, does that, uh, by proxy, make you the worst team in baseball, despite uh, the record? Possible. Oh, come on, it's terrible. In the moment, it, it, it may. I checked the standings, too, uh, before we came on, and that closed the gap. The Diamondbacks have 30 wins this year. The Pirates now have 36. Oh, okay. Well, so that gap actually Pirates, closed. Pirates are still better for now. For now, record-wise anyway. But they guys just got swept by the worst team in baseball. Orioles, by the way, have 31 wins, so they are just one win. Yeah, I'm not so sure the Diamondbacks are the worst. Well, I'm not going to. I don't know. Let's not start. I, wish, I don't know. Did they play this? They should, I wish they would play this year at some point. Well, as they're playing the World Series, let the Orioles and Diamondbacks play the series to see who gets the first round pick, yeah. uh, the first overall pick next year. Uh, one more in D.C. Uh, or is it? See, I don't know. Is it George or Orhe? I count it, Alfaro uh, hit an RBI double in the tenth inning as the Marlins they avoided getting swept with a three-one win over the Nationals in ten. Uh, Andrew Stevenson had an RBI double for the Nats, who had their three-game win streak snapped. Eric Fetty. He pitched well in a no decision. Uh, he allowed just one run unearned on four hits in uh, six innings. Uh, moving on. In college football, 
West Virginia picked up some help on the defensive line with grad transfer Daryl Middleton, who announced he is he'll play his final year in Morgantown. Mm. Uh, he's kind of a big fellow, Mike. 6'7", 305 pounds. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good-sized defensive line. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big man there. Uh, he spent the last two seasons at Tennessee uh, after starting his career at Eaton, East Mississippi Community College. Mm. Uh, he had 43 tackles, three and a half for loss, two sacks in his two seasons at Tennessee. In the NFL, Steelers linebacker Vince Williams announced his retirement a day before the start of training camp, which I guess he could have timed that a bit better. Uh, Williams played eight seasons in Pittsburgh after uh, being taken in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. And uh, finally, in the NHL, the expansion draft was held last night as the Seattle Kraken, a name that I still can't get used to. I don't understand that. It's the Seattle, the water. I don't know. Okay. With, you know, boats. I guess there's a connection there. Well, there must be. Yeah. Uh, they assembled uh, their first roster. Uh, the Capitals' Vitek Vanacek uh, was one of three goaltenders selected by the Kraken. Uh, Vanacek started 36 games for Washington last season. He was pretty good. Uh, he went 21, 10, and 4 huh. with a, a 2.69 goals against. Uh, Seattle also took Penguins forward Brandon Tanev who had seven goals and nine assists in 32 games last season, also one of the Penn's uh, top uh, penalty killers. And that is a very involved Rock Around the Region, uh, brought to you by the Caporelli Group. Uh, now, here's the thing about that expansion draft last night. All right. Uh, first of all, it, it was on two things happened yesterday. The original plan was to air the expansion draft on ESPN2 last night. Like okay. a 90-minute special. They make all the announcements, blah, 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 blah. It was very annoying yesterday afternoon after we left here because they started to leak all of the pics yeah, really? on Twitter, on, on social media. So, And there are a lot of people kind of upset. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And ESPN was actually leaking some of those picks. What's well, the point? Could, what else is new? <laughs> but what's the point of having a ninety-minute TV show about the draft when we already know the picks? Like, wouldn't you think that they would try to keep that under the you know under wraps until the eight o'clock? But I guess that's the way things are today. It's you know let's get it out there as fast as we possibly can. Yeah, especially on social media, and then go from there. So that was annoying. Also, uh, I understand the thought process of bringing back some old Seattle mm-hmm. names. Like they brought, you know, Sean Kemp, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Payton, the old Sonics, uh, Marshawn Lynch, to help with the announcement of some of these draft picks. Uh, first of all, you could tell that these guys knew nothing about hockey, and nor did they know how to pronounce most of the names. No, and it was it was they they butchered it. Uh, Pretty bad. Well, hell, they should have asked me to join him then. You could have pronounced him better. I doubt it. I, I actually, I put a picture on. Uh, I saw it. <laughs> Sean Kemp. Yeah, he's <laughs> looking all, looking well. He, uh, yeah, Sean Kemp, uh, bit out of shape. Well, that's fine. I, I understand that. And the shirt they gave him for this draft, I didn't understand that. It was about four sizes too small. Like they couldn't have, they couldn't have found a bigger shirt for Sean Kemp. It is so tight on this this poor guy. And then the announcements, he, he announced the pick of uh, Eunice uh, Donskoy, mm-hmm. 
and it came out of his mouth as Jonas uh, Donskawi. Ah. So not even close. They interviewed Marshawn Lynch about the Kraken. You could tell he knows nothing about the game of right. hockey. It was, again, I understand getting the old Seattle names, you know, the buzz there, but it, it just didn't work. Right. It just didn't work. But so the whole thing was kind of a mess. But here's the thing. I, I don't know about you, Mike. Uh, you know, we've been watching sports, following sports mm-hmm. forever. Uh, I am not what they call on the socials a fanboy. Never have been. I'm not one of those people who fall in love with players. Right. Uh, you know, buy all their jerseys, oh their merchandise. And then, you know, they'll defend those players to the ends of the earth. And those right. players cannot do anything. No, I'm not that guy. Never have been. You know, my heroes growing up weren't athletes. With that being said, okay. the closest I may have ever come with into being that is with Brandon Tanev, the guy who Seattle just took from the Penguins. And over the last two seasons, he has been by far my favorite Penguin. Okay. Simply because of the way he just he plays the game. Uh, here's a cat. He goes 100 miles per every second he's on the ice. Both ends, every shift, end-to-end. He just has that energy, grit, toughness mm-hmm. that, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, he's one of the team's best penalty killers. He was just uh, – he's the kind of player that a city like Pittsburgh embraces. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I tell you what, when I found out that Seattle took him last night, I, it was it was a bit of a gut punch. You know? It was – and again, you know, being a Pittsburgh fan, especially a Pirates fan, you get used to seeing players leave oh, yeah. all the time. And, I mean, if you're a fan of most teams, it happens. That's part of the game, right? You uh-huh. get traded, you know. Uh, have you ever – Felt that way about a player uh, for one of your favorite teams after getting traded or signing elsewhere? It's just like sometimes sometimes you get shocked if a player, but have you ever like just had that gut punch when one of your guys took off to another team? Can you can you uh, uh, remember? I don't want to say you were emotionally stricken, but you, you get my yeah, point. I know what you mean. Uh, like when Eddie Murray left the Oars, was that a, uh, a time? Well, it, that just had to happen because – well, it, the the, rep, the 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 relationship was just too damaged. Edward Bennett Williams had screwed that up, and Eddie just wasn't going to come back. Right. Uh, I didn't like the way the Orioles let Nick Markakis go. Okay. And uh, I thought he deserved better than that. And of course, you know they said they wouldn't give him a four year deal. They said they'd only give him a three because he wouldn't last four. Well, he lasted like six. <laughs> right. 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 And uh, same with. Right-handed hitter who's still tearing it up, Nelson Cruz. Oh, okay. But I mean, there was there wasn't the emotional attachment right. to Cruz that was with Marquez because he came up through bad times and you know helped get get to the, the Showalter years that were successful. But uh, I don't know. I I just uh, I'd have to think about that. Uh, that that comes to that mind right away. But um, like when Ripken retired, did that uh, now, that I, see, was... I was not a Ripken guy. Oh no, oh, really? I, I was an Eddie Murray guy. No, wow. No, right. I mean, I, it, I, I assume every Orioles fan was a Ripken guy. That's my that's my fault, I, I suppose. I, I mean, I have nothing but great respect and admiration for him, but uh, I, there was never really an emotional attachment for me with, like, say, there was with Brooks Robinson, and you know. And, so the guys you followed more as a fan as a kid are the ones that kind of stuck more than the ones as as you were well, older. Brooks and Johnny Unitas, you know. And uh, I, 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 when the Orioles traded Frank Robinson, I just thought, 
You know, I get it. You have to make room for Don Baylor, but I just don't think this is going to work well. And, it, I mean, it was okay trade. I mean, it wasn't great, but, uh, yeah, I mean, more so, the, I guess, when I was a kid. But, you know, it's more that's more of a melancholy thing than right, anything. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, the, the, the TANF thing. Look, the Penguins would have loved to have kept him, but it was a salary move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, he still had four years left on his contract. And they left him exposed for a reason. I was kind of shocked that the Kraken took him because of that that salary. Right. And so I was kind of hoping that would have kept him yeah. in, in Pittsburgh. But look, as I said, I've seen how many guys leave. I saw Barry Bonds leave Pittsburgh and, and you know, Bobby Bonilla leave Pittsburgh and all those, you know, guys from back then. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you you understand it, it's just part of the deal. That's just the way pro sports are. Well, nowadays it's getting to be college sports as well. Well, that's true. Players just don't stick around. They either get traded or they, you know, free agency hits and they sign somewhere else. You know, you go back to the old saying, you know, that's why you root for the name on the front of the jersey. Yep, that's right. And not the back of the jersey because you just never know how long they're going to stick around. Rarely do you see guys like, uh, I don't know, give me an example, like Yachty Molina with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. He's been around for, what, 16 years? seven. I mean, yeah, it's so. been, you know, it just seems like those kind of players become, they're more and more rare these days just yes. sticking it out with one team. That's true. That's true. And in that regard, yeah, Ripken was uh, one of the, the last of the Ice Age, you know, right. his entire career, you know, 20 years in Baltimore. And yeah, and again, nothing but respect for Cal Ripken. It just wasn't a very – it wasn't emotional for me with him. But, you know, love to watch him play. But uh, hopefully one day he'll own the Orioles. You think that's a possibility? Has that ever been floated around? Oh, or? yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, that he could be – Lead a, an ownership group. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be a great owner, but I can no, under, I can understand the appeal of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, the way he was raised in the game, and I'm sure he has his own ideas about you know how to run and build an organization. Right. So that would be interesting. Hmm. I still remember uh, back when we were still going to a lot of Pirates games. Uh, my wife, uh, my son, my mother-in-law, they loved Josh Harrison. Just loved him. Oh yeah. Uh, so they all bought jerseys. They all oh, bought Harrison jerseys, and he's gone. The, <laughs> he's gone the next year oh, or man. two years. Or two. Years. So now there are Harrison jerseys gathering dust well, uh, in the closet. Mean, you, just, a, you just don't break them out once they leave the team. A kid, uh, you know, a, a youngster and and a, and a woman or a girl. I mean, I get that because it's just a fact. You know, it, it, it'll still work on a woman. You know, whether it's up to date or not. Right. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair but, enough. You know, I I just don't have never seen the appeal of spending at least a hundred dollars on a garment with another man's name on the back of it. That, that there's just nothing there for me. I have never, ever bought a jersey ever. I have never spent a single penny on another player's jersey yeah. ever. Now I have a couple that were bought for me, but I never I never bought one myself. Now that I think about it, uh, and this is before this is right after he got called up. I was a big fan, and we already talked about this guy earlier, Austin Meadows. Big fan of Meadows because I knew what he was capable of, you know, coming up through the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, my son bought me a Meadows T-shirt for my birthday. Yeah, and of course, he's gone. <laughs> he was gone like four months later to Tampa Bay. So that T-shirt has been worn uh, probably ever. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Now look, I get if 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 
you're into the jersey oh, t-shirt yeah. thing, whatever. I get people wearing, like still wearing a Ripken jersey or a Clemente sure. jersey. I get that because oh, they're Hall yeah. of Famers, they're the big names, you know, but, you know, Josh Harrison's another story. Uh, uh, I think a, a Unitas Colts jersey might be the only one I would wear, but but, right. but I, only I just, because his name wasn't on the back. That, I mean, in the end, I mean, towards I the end, they that, put yeah. the names on the right, back of right, the jerseys, right. but, but, you know, even Unitas, that would work. All right, so there you go. So if anybody wants a uh, birthday idea for uh, the venerable one, a United's jersey uh, will work. Uh, please and thank you. All right. Uh, it's Tom- the Colts, not the Chargers. <laughs> who, would, who would do that? Well, it might be a couple people. Yeah. Uh, all right, time for a break. News and weather coming up, and then we'll be back with more of The Rush on this Thursday. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Uh, Mike, some pretty big news okay. uh, yesterday slash uh, last night. Mm. And it comes out of Houston. The Houston Chronicle is reporting that both Texas and Oklahoma want to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC. Uh, the newspaper, citing an anonymous uh, college official, is reporting that both schools have already reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. Brent uh, Zwerneman of the Chronicle uh, says that this is a real possibility and could happen a lot sooner uh, than we think. I think Texas is just looking ahead at everything that's going on, the NIL, the expanded playoffs, all of those things, the payout that AM is now getting compared to what they got in the Big 12, putting it all together and saying that they would like to be a part of that. And the SEC is thinking forward in terms of saying we want to be the first 16-team conference as well in terms of the super conferences. With it out in the public and there not being any flat denials from anyone, from anyone with the SEC, from anyone from Texas or Oklahoma, things are going to move forward pretty rapidly. In fact, uh, my insider said that there could be an announcement within two weeks in terms of making this a 16-team conference. Two weeks. Now, I, I I highly doubt this would go into effect this year. Yeah, the schedules are already made, and sure. uh, and we're talking, of course, football season. But there could be an announcement, and again, you heard him say there's been no flat denials by anybody, right, about this happening. Now, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey declined to comment okay. uh, on the report. Okay. However, <laughs> Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork did comment. And you can tell by this clip, he does not want Texas in the SEC. There's a reason why we left the Big 12. We wanted to have a standalone identity in the state of Texas and all the turmoil that was happening in college athletics at the time. And SEC has been a perfect fit for us. And we believe that we want to maintain that that same identity. Perhaps there's a reason why Texas and Oklahoma are, are looking around, if that's the case. Of course they do. They want, Yeah, they want to be in the SEC. It's the best conference. So there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, right now in college athletics. So I think this type of story fuels that a little bit. But from our perspective, we love being in the SEC. We love being the only program in the state of Texas. And uh, 
we're going to maintain that position, um, but we're also going to make sure that we are a leader in college athletics, and, and we'll see what the future holds. The most transformative time in college athletics is upon us. This is another example that there's going to be an evolution. Again, we love our position with where we are in the SEC in the state of Texas. We want to maintain that, but what does the future hold? And none of us have that answer. We can't predict that, but it just proves the point that it's evolving and it's changing rapidly in college athletics. So I sense a, a tad bit of a, a little brother syndrome uh, by Mr. Bjork there. You know, hey, we got out of the Big 12. Right. We want to be the only Texas team in the SEC. We don't want we don't want to live in Texas's shadow again, which I kind of understand that. I get that. Oh, yeah. You know, because, look, if you're the only Texas-based team in the SEC, then that helps with recruiting for sure. Texas moves over to the SEC, and I got to deal with that. Yep. Uh, you know, the recruiting wars get a little bit, you know, uh, more difficult. If this happens, if Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12, <laughs> we're going to see another, I think, massive shift in conferences, much like what we saw, what was it, about 10 years ago, when it seemed like yeah. a team was changing conferences every day. And, of course, locally, regionally, we had Maryland jumping ship to the Big Ten, Pitt jumping ship to the ACC, and West Virginia jumping ship to the Big 12, which I don't think will exist if Oklahoma and Texas move. Well, in in, in fairness to West Virginia, uh, they didn't – I wouldn't classify their leaving the Big East as jumping ship. They they, they needed – well, yeah, do right, something right. to field a football team, sure, uh, because the Big East had just deteriorated with, with you know during this exodus, mass exodus and, and transfer, and uh, but uh, I, I tell you, if Oklahoma and Texas do leave, I, I don't know that, that I don't know. is there a Big Twelve? I mean, I, I can't imagine how. Well, there's no way it can, it can survive, at least as a Power Five conference anymore. Because I mean, they can bring in teams, to, yeah. you know, to fill the gaps left by Oklahoma and Texas. But who are they going to bring in? Well, you know, who, what, what big name no, teams? Nobody with that cachet. No, no, sure. abs- no, not that brand for sure. You know, if Oklahoma and Texas leave, who's the who? Are the, who's the big draw? Of the Big Twelve is it West Virginia? Is it Baylor? Is it I'm Oklahoma? Oklahoma State? Okay. TC? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, TC. You're talking about the two biggest teams in that conference leaving. And but then you have to figure if the SEC goes to sixteen teams, but then TCU'd be no. Never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. If the SEC goes to sixteen teams, you think the Big Ten and the ACC? You think they're just going to sit around and do nothing? No, that's true. You know, ACC right now has fifteen teams. They'll definitely want to look to add one more to make sixteen. Big Ten has what uh, seven? It was fourteen. So they'll try to pick off what's left. Of the Big 12's bones mm-hmm. to make a 16 team, so you could have, you know, them trying to pick up an Oklahoma State. Right. Maybe the ACC goes after West Virginia, which makes more sense anyway, as far as geographics well, go. Geographically, West Virginia to the ACC always made the most sense. Right. But the ACC, being the ACC, were that was never interested in West Virginia because of their. Uh, their admissions, right. uh, their academic admission, you know, right. which I, to me, WVU is what a state university should be. 
you know, if a kid in the state wants to give it a shot, then WVU's going to do everything they can to make it ha- try to make it right, happen. Right. You know, with the community or the JUCOs, and and then, you know, but that you know the ACC is a big feeling, no good uh, band of. Well, I better watch it. I, I sense I sense the old uh, and, the you know, old they ju- coming they, out. They, you, yeah. ju- they just wouldn't even consider West Virginia, right? And uh, because of the academics, and I just you know you, you, what Clemson is the next think tank, uh, Florida State. Okay, uh, I, I, I don't know, but that would no always disrespect to those schools. But I get your point. Yeah, that that would point. that would always have made the most sense. Right. Geographically, yeah, and now, and now, now look, this is Oklahoma, Texas thing. By no means is a done deal. Who this is just the report just came out yesterday. Uh, that doesn't sound too promising, right? Right for the Big Twelve, but then you're going to see teams start to scatter again, like we saw, you know, uh, like ten years ago. It was hard to keep track of what teams belong. It's, to this day, I still have trouble remembering Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yeah. I'm still stuck, you know, in the ACC. Yeah. And that's that's been it's been a it's been what uh, almost uh, it's been a decade. That 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 I, I, I'm I'm glad they're no longer in the ACC. But in that same vein, uh, I, I just don't ever and well, I don't believe I will ever think of Pitt as an ACC school, right? Right. Or for, or for that matter, Syracuse and, right. and, and Jim Beheim feels the same way. Yeah. You know, those are old Big East schools. They still He'll still yeah. crank about it every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> I have to remind myself that Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and I, as I've said already several times in the last minute and a half, we're talking about ten years ago, and it's still. And now we're going to see another shift if this happens. The Big Twelve is going to just dissolve. I, I can't see that conference surviving. Yeah. So that'll leave well, at least not as a Power Five. You're no, right. no. But then if, if OU and Texas leave, you know Oklahoma State's going to want out. You know West Virginia's going to want out. You know. TCU is going to want out. Baylor, they're not going to want to stick around and try to carry that conference by themselves. It, it, it just won't happen. And again, no disrespect to those schools and those programs. They have their own followings, but not nearly as big as Texas and Oklahoma. No. Those are the two big name brand draws in that conference. And if they jump ship to the SEC, but first of all, what a conference that would be oh, to I add know. those two teams. And you talk about a super – you know, super power five, super conference, that will put them, they're already the best conference in the country. That will put them head and shoulders above everybody else. It won't won't even be close. It won't even be close. But we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Again, this report is just yesterday. There's going to be a whole lot coming down the pike in the next, I don't know, couple weeks. Speculation, rumors, you name it. But if you listen to the Chronicle, it's going to happen. The Sooners and the Longhorns to the SEC – and then the fallout, well, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, that's something. All right, uh, time for a break. And then back to wrap up hour number one. Stick around. Rush rolls on, WCMD. This is the morning rush. And that would cause a seismic shift in the balance of the Power Fives. When you add UT and OU to already the best conference uh, in the country. With more uh, on that report, his thoughts, Mr. SEC himself, 
Uh, Paul Feinbaum. This is going to be like the Bing Bang. Uh, it is so big uh, for, for this reason, Ryan. Not only is it big if, if it happens for the SEC, but it affects every other conference. You know, what, where, where is the Big 12 without its two bell cows? I, I know what you just said from uh, Oklahoma State, but they're, they're not going to hold up with the Big 12 by themselves or with Texas Tech or, or anyone else other than the two we're talking about. It affects the ACC. It affects the Big Ten, because what it what it means is expansion is back on the table. And 10 years ago, it was like the California gold rush when Texas originally started talking to the Pac-12 and was going to take a couple of schools with that. As a result, you saw expansion in every league. So if the SEC goes to 16, the Big Ten's not going to sit there at 14. The ACC is not going to do that, nor is the Pac-10. So we, are, uh, we, we, th- we thought June was the wildest month in, in recent college sports history with NIL. Get ready. This is going to be crazier. Could you imagine the shifting from conference to conference? Now, it's one thing to want to go to the SEC, but how much do you think the SEC would really want Texas and Oklahoma to actually join the conference? I I think they would want them for a couple of reasons. And and the the first is the most obvious. They don't want them going anywhere else. I mean, the SEC became the biggest guy on the street because uh, they went out and, and, and picked very well, and they have such a serious and passionate fan base but if you're the commissioner of the sec greg sankey do you want texas and oklahoma going to the big 10 or the acc or someone else and suddenly start challenging your your position as king of the hill so i think that's a big motivating factor another thing is television i know that sounds strange on a program like this <laughs> but uh, the sec is about to enter into the one of the biggest television deals with espn the college football playoff expansion is on the table so i, I think uh, the sec is sitting here they got the call they thought about it and i think this thing is pretty far down the track oh man wow. so you mentioned that texas and oklahoma are the big dogs in the big 12 so if this happened how could or could at all the big 12 survive I don't think it can. Uh, this is a league that is already challenged for a couple of reasons. They, they have very good television partners for, the, for their Saturday games with this network and others, but they don't have a conference network. The ACC has one. The Pac-12 has one. The Big Ten has one. And naturally, the SEC has one. These are very important moneymakers, Ryan, as you and, and Al know. And they have, they have been in a tough position because of that uh, for many, many years. And then they never came up with an answer. And as a result, I think they could be close to losing the two biggest names in the league. So Paul brought up something I never really thought of, that if, if OU and UT definitely went out of the Big 12, like the SEC would almost be forced to take them because they don't want them to go anywhere else. Right. They would hate for them to go to the Big 10 yes. and make that conference – much stronger. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And I'm reading here in, in the article on uh, ESPN.com here that one obstacle f- uh, for such a move would be that Oklahoma and Texas, they have what they call Big 12 Grant of Rights Agreement in which they've granted their first and second uh, tier media rights for football and basketball to the Big 12. And that's through 2025. Mm. So even if they're not members of the Big 12 anymore, the conference still has their media rights hmm. for the next four years. It's interesting. So they would probably either have to buy out of that agreement, which I guarantee would be a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. Or play in the SEC, but the Big 12 still has, can still air their games and make money off them that way. Who knows? Uh, Big 12 TV contracts with ESPN and Fox 
also expire in 2025. Mm. So there's the whole media aspect of it uh, as far as those whose teams le- uh, leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. Uh, Listen up, find a ball in there. It looks like it's going to, you know, it's going to happen. Right. He has much more inside information than we do. That is correct. Yeah. And I don't want to jump the gun because, again, this report came out yesterday. But, and we all know things can change on a dime when it comes to college sports. I'm interested to see. It's, it's not even so much them going to the SEC, whatever. I'd be more interested to see the fallout. Mm-hmm. and how all these other conferences and the other Big 12 teams react and where they go. Because, as I said, this, this is going to be a seismic shift in college football, as if we haven't seen that before. All right, uh, hour number one in the books. Hour number two, around the corner doing push-ups. Stick around. More than Rush on the way. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Uh, We are live, barely, uh, in the palatial WCMD studio, high atop Industrial Boulevard, on the south side of the Queen City, baby. Reminder, several ways to get involved on the show. It is encouraged. Our Twitter page is at WCMD Morning Rush. My page at Rush Tony C. Mike's page at Mike Burke MDT. Our Facebook page at WCMD uh, Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. And, of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app, where we upload every show every day minus commercials. Go back and check out anything you may have missed. Uh, Mike and I talked last hour about uh, feeling a certain way when some of our favorite players either retired or or got traded, or you know, uh, signed as a free agent elsewhere, and so we're looking to hear from you as well. Assuming you're listening to the show, you are a sports fan. Uh, some players back in the day, maybe you were a kid, your favorite player growing up, or what have you, is a player leaving your team that kind of hit you right in the feels. Uh, let us know again uh, on Twitter at WCMD Morning Rush. Give us a call, 301-759-2628. All right, Mike, let's kick off this hour as we kick off uh, every hour with a rock around the region. I want to rock right now. And we'll start with Major League Baseball, where the Orioles had a 4-3 lead over the Rays last night in the ninth inning, and it was a lead uh, that they would not keep. 0-2 to Meadows. And the pitch. Line drive up the middle, base hit. Here is Mejia to score the tying run. Here is Kiermaier to score the winning run. And Austin Meadows has delivered. And the Rays have won the series and walked off the Orioles 5-4. to four. The call on 620 WDAE, Austin Meadows, former Pirate. His first walk-off hit of the season, a two-out, two-run single. Uh, to give the Rays a 5-4 win. It was on an 0-2 count, and as Mike uh, said earlier in the show, it was a meatball right down the middle. Yes, it was. On 0-2, not exactly the pitch you want in that situation. Uh, Randy Arozarena hit two home runs for Tampa, which took two of three in the series. Ryan Mountcastle and Pat Vileka homered for Baltimore. Elsewhere, in Arizona, the Pirates were 
trying to avoid getting swept by the worst team in baseball, the Diamondbacks. Now, on Tuesday, and we talked about this yesterday, uh, the Bucks had a 5-3 lead in the seventh inning, only to see Arizona score eight runs in that seventh inning. Last night, the game was tied 4-4 in the seventh inning. And again, uh, things did not go too well for the Pirates. Here's the pitch. Can't do that forever. And that one's hit deep out to right. Paven Smith admires it. Why not? That's 15 rows back and right. Well, Smith has given the Diamondbacks the lead right back. Now the 2-0 pitch is swinging a deep fly ball to right. Oh, boy. That one is deep and back, and that one is gone. Home run for Varsho. The Diamondbacks have gone back-to-back. Joe Block, the beatdown calls on the Pirates Radio Network. Uh, back-to-back jacks by Paven Smith and Dalton Varsho off of Dwayne Underwood Jr. gave the D-backs a 6-4 win and the three-game sweep. Brian Reynolds had three hits, and Adam Frazier had two for the Bucks. And in Washington, Jorge Alfaro hit an RBI double in the 10th inning as the Marlins avoided getting swept with a 3-1 win over the Nationals in 10. Andrew Stevenson had an RBI double for the Nats who had their three-game win streak snapped. Eric Fetty uh, pitched well in a no decision. He allowed just one run unearned on four hits in six innings. In college football, West Virginia uh, picked up some help on the defensive line last night uh, with the announcement that grad transfer Daryl Middleton is joining the Mountaineers, the 6'7", 350-pounder. I'm sorry, 305-pounder. Yes. I was going to say he gained 50 pounds in the it feels like some days I've done that myself. Uh, he spent the last two seasons at Tennessee after starting his career at East Mississippi Community College. Uh, he had 43 tackles, three and a half for loss, with two sacks in his two seasons at Tennessee. Uh, in the NFL, Steelers linebacker Vince Williams, kind of a shocker here, announced his retirement a day before the start of training camp. Uh, Williams played eight seasons in Pittsburgh after being taken in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. And in the NHL, the expansion draft was held last night as the Seattle Kraken assembled its very first roster. The Capitals' uh, Vitek Vanacek was one of three goaltenders selected by the Kraken. Vanacek started 36 games for Washington last season, went 21-10-4 with a 2.69 goals against. Uh, Seattle also took Penguins forward Brandon Tanev. Still can't get over that. Uh, he had seven goals, nine assists in 32 games last season. Also one of the Penguins' uh, top penalty killers. So there you go. Uh, that is uh, your Rock Around the Region, brought to you by the Caporelli Group. And it looked like the Steelers were kind of sucker-punched uh, by Vince Williams, just up and saying, I'm done. That right? Yeah, it seemed like there was no lead-up to it. There was no talks before that. And, again, <laughs> As the players are arriving on the eve of training camp, right. he's like, I, I'm finished. So that kind of leaves them a little bit hung out to dry, trying to fill a, a middle linebacker spot in the first day of camp. I, I would hope that they at least talked about the possibility of it. It depends on who you talk to or who you listen to. It, it seemed like the Steelers had no idea this was coming. Wow. And I just, he just decided that uh, he was done. And he was he was serviceable. Now, he, he his, his – Playing time would have been diminished this year uh, because uh, who was the guy who filled in last year? Uh, I can't remember his name. Okay. Having one of those moments. 
his last name, oh, uh, Spillane, Robert Spillane. He filled in at middle linebacker when Devin Bush was hurt and did pretty well. So he's expected to see more time this year. And as a matter of fact, the Steelers actually released Williams earlier this year. Ah. and But they brought him back on like some one-year minimum mm-hmm. whatever. So maybe that was kind of writing on the wall. Maybe they kind of did expect it. Who knows? But he's gone. I'm just – I can't wrap my mind around training camp starting already. Uh, I don't even want to think about it. And I know it's – what is this? July 22nd? Yeah. So it's 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 about right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, but I, I can't – I mean, the NBA finals – look, the NBA finals don't usually go this long in the year, but they just ended. Baseball's just got past the All-Star break. And uh, I know a lot of people get excited, though, about – Yes, they do. Because they eat, drink, and sleep football. That's right. Uh, I'll pass. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the first Sunday, I'll tune in. And that's There you go. Not even a preseason guy, are you? No. No, no, no. I love uh, watching the reactions over preseason games. People get so caught up yeah. in preseason action. And, oh, man, did you see what this quarterback did or this running back did or whatever, knowing they're going against, like, 13, 14 scrubs who – aren't going to make the team anyway. And, you know, Pittsburgh being Pittsburgh, and I know from experience because I grew up there, Ben Roethlisberger shows up at camp yesterday, or, yeah, uh, yeah. the eve of camp. He actually looks pretty decent. Yeah, I know. I saw he lost a lot of weight. Lost a lot of weight. He looks like he's in shape. And But leave the Pittsburgh fans to, you know, remark about how he looks. Like, that makes a difference to anything. Complaining about oh he's lost too much weight he doesn't look oh, as God's he doesn't look as know. he doesn't look as strong as he did last year it's like come on you know if he's too big and he's too fat yeah. that's what they say and if he's he lost weight then he's not strong enough I, you can't win sometimes uh, with fans but that's you know come with the territory I guess my, my, I think my favorite preseason was when Steve Spurrier coached uh, Washington and. They went undefeated in the preseason. Not only did they go undefeated, but Spurrier took great delight in running the score up <laughs> on each team. Like, right. you know, they're still back in Gatorland. Right, right. And, of course, that didn't work out too well in, the, in you know, once right. the regular season began. <laughs> but uh, I just – Spurrier, I, I just got a, the biggest kick out of him. I thought he was funny, you know, and – uh, I just loved the way he did his his you know it didn't it didn't play in the NFL of course but right yeah he, I, he definitely was not suited for the NFL I, but I just got a kick out of watching him I, I, I was not a look I was not a big fan of him personally because I just simply he he rubbed me the wrong way sure um as, it's just the way he carried himself he, he was smug he's arrogant oh yeah know, which was That's which is a yes you know plus it was Florida they always won so you know I, I kind of hated him for that. Um, but he's a hell of a coach, hell of a college coach. Yeah, yeah. NFL again didn't work out. Uh, speaking of not working, not working out, I uh, went down to one of my favorite establishments uh, yesterday uh-huh. or late afternoon with a couple uh, friends to have you know a couple beverages, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my friends brought down because we were talking about them. I don't know if you remember these. You remember the mini NFL posters like back in. I want to say early '80s. They look like inflate. They look like inflated trading cards. So they're like yay big. Nah. You don't remember those at all? Nah. He brought them down, and I tell you, talk about a flashback. He had, I think there was a set of. They might have been made one year. It was 1980, right? And there's a set of 50. And he may have had maybe 40 of the 50. But you were talking about Spurrier and the Redskins, uh, or I'm sorry, Washington Football Team. 
Um, he had a, he had a Jim Zorn one, a Jim Zorn when he was quarterback for the, uh, Seahawks. the, Seahawks, the Seahawks. And my first my first uh, first thing I said was, well, this might be the worst head coach in Washington history, as far as yeah. my my memory goes. So, yeah. who was worse, Zorn or Spurrier, or is it a tie yeah. to the finish line to be the worst uh, coach in recent memory for Washington? Because I can't think of anybody else. Uh, they would be the two that come to my mind. Uh, Although, what's-his-name wasn't that great either. Uh, Gruden. I, I, I don't know. I, I think he, he was better than they were. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I, who does? It looks like Rivera's going to be the only one who ever does get a fair shot at That's true. being the head right, coach right, under right. Dan Snyder. So right. That's true. It's impossible to really say, but – Zorn comes to mind, and Spurrier's lack of success comes to mind. I, 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 yeah, I guess Gruden. You can't say he was lights lights out great by any stretch, but I thought at least he he would have he had a better shot. Right, right, right. At at, at moving the needle a little bit, but uh, but he didn't. So one of the things uh, the, com- the common denominator, of course, is the owner. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, who, of course, he's had his share of uh, issues over the past yeah, he's, he's, he's year and a half, two years. Quality human being. <laughs> One of the things that stood out as I was going through these uh, mini posters is he had one of Dan Fouts, mm-hmm. who I would say one of the better pure passers we've, we've ever oh, seen sure. in the National Football League. And it's, what struck me was the picture that they chose to use for Dan Fouts on this mini poster was him uh, fumbling a snap. Oh, <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> they had they have Jim Zorn in all his glory dropping back right throw to pass. Got they it. had Jim Hart. Remember Jim Hart yeah, for the Jim Cardinals, Hart, number seventeen. Uh, who else? He did, Craig Morton. Yeah. For the Broncos, all these quarterbacks dropping back in that classic you know QB pose, and they have Dan Fouts fumbling, one of the most prolific passers ever. Uh, fumbling the snap. I just thought that was an interesting choice, really, for any quarterback in any trading card, let alone a guy like Fouts. So I need to write somebody a, a sternly worded letter. Of course. Of course, he, he really, I don't think his Dan Foutsian like, uh, I, mean, I don't think that had come to fruition yet, had it in 1980. That's, still, a good, that's a good point. I think he's yeah, still that's a good point. pretty young quarterback then. That's a good point. That's a good point. But still, but, any quarterback. Why would you choose that <laughs> as their well, that's as their point. as their picture? Yeah, see, in 1980, I, I I was 21, so I was my football card days were behind me. Right, right. You were 21 and 80. Yeah, got to do the math on that for a second. I thought we were. I thought we were 59. I thought we were closer in age than that. I'm sorry. That, so am I. I wish we were. <laughs> Hopefully you a little bit back towards me, not the other way That's around. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I also saw, um, we talked about this off the air, that it looks like uh, Bobby Bowden is not in uh, very good shape. Yeah, I saw that. That's, uh, I hate to hate that, but I mean, well, I don't want to say but. Yeah, you just, just hate that he's not in a good way. Right. And, you know, we wish all the best for him and his family, of course, and, uh, yeah, the you family. Know. The family announced that uh, he is dealing with a. He's been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Yeah, they would not say what that illness sure. is, or you know, but uh, he turns ninety-two in November. Yeah, 
Say he was hospitalized late last month. He's back at his home. And uh, they say that, that Bobby is uh, at peace with the illness. Right. So um, it, was, it was like one of those deals where it's going to be sooner rather than later. And, of course, Bowden, we know, winning his coach in FSU, history, Florida State history. Yes. I don't know if he goes on the Mount Rushmore of college football coaches, but he's pretty daggone close. Yeah. He's, uh... he's one of the finalists. You look at, the, look at his numbers here, 377 wins, two national titles, 12 ACC titles, 14 straight top four finishes in the top 25. And by all accounts, a decent dude. If you listen to the former players and coaches and oh, everything, sure. yeah, yeah. you know, he was a good guy. Of course, he got – now, did he start? Was that his first job in West Virginia? Do you, do you know off the top of your no, head? No, he, he, he – smaller schools okay. before right. he came to West Virginia. He was at West Virginia uh, 1970 through 75. Went to – went 42 and 26 and uh, – Couple bowl games, and uh, that really didn't suit. It wasn't good enough, was it? Wasn't good enough. <laughs> he was hung in effigy, so he ran out on the okay, rail. We'll yep. just go down here to Florida State, see what can happen here. And I just gave you the numbers. That's what happened. And then West Virginia had Frank Signetti for four years, and they were went seventeen and twenty-seven. Then Don Neely. Then Don. Okay, so there was one we were trying. We were talking about that. I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know if Carlin, Jim Carlin, came before or after Bowden. Okay, and he he was before. Okay, so Signetti was the buffer between uh, Bowden and, and Nealon was you know more than serviceable for West Virginia. He had a great coaching career. Oh, there. sure, he did. But 100, you, 149 wins. Right, yeah, but you kind of wonder. Seasons. You wonder what might have been, or what could have been, had Bowden been allowed to stick around for you know another 10, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carlin uh, recruited uh, the late Fred McMillan. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, Fred okay. Fred played for, for Fort Hill. Right, right, right. And uh, center and a linebacker. And then Fred played mainly for Bobby Bowden and at, at West Virginia. And uh, I believe uh, Fred was uh, Mr. Racy's roommate at West mm-hmm. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, you are correct. Nice little, uh, nice little connected dots there, That's uh, Mike. Right. Doing his, the venerable one doing his research. Keep it right here. <laughs> Still trap, baby. Still trap. Nothing tra- in, nothing out. <laughs> something's getting out today. I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's been one of those mornings. If you're just tuning in, it's been one of those mornings. As uh, Tony C and the vener- venerable one. Uh, struggling uh, through this morning like none other. But we're close. Mike, 40 minutes left. Oh, is that all? 30, like 35 th- minutes, actually. Move your risky business <laughs> when he keeps looking at the clock and the second hand's moving backwards. We'll get through it. We, have, we, we have no choice. I know we will. We have no choice. That's right. We're here. <laughs> we're ready. All right. We'll fight. We're ready to go to a break is what we're going to do. Uh, so we got news and weather coming up. Amanda coming up here with her news break. Me with the weather. Mike, uh, he's going to do more research. <laughs> and, yeah. and we'll be back. Uh, talk about Giannis. Is he the new face of the NBA? I, for one, hope so. Stick around for more of The Rush. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Tony C in the big chair. 
Mike Burke, the venerable one, yes. back in the saddle. Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. You want to get involved on the show? Uh, some programming notes. Tonight, nothing going on, at, le- at least as far as uh, live baseball is concerned. Nationals, Pirates, Orioles, all off uh, this evening before opening up a weekend series tomorrow. Now, the Nats and the O's actually play each other yes. uh, this weekend at Camden. They, I do believe it's a three-game series. Looks like Patrick Corbin and uh, Jorge Lopez takes the mound tomorrow for their respective teams. Does that move your needle at all, the Washington-Baltimore thing? Yeah, it has, and it, and I'm sure there's going to be you know, some electricity. I mean, obviously the Nats are – you know, in a better way right now than the Orioles. Right. But, uh, yeah, that exists. I mean, the, the whole Baltimore-Washington thing is real. Okay. But, I didn't know if the Nationals, since they really haven't been around that long, if there was any well, kind of – Well, I, I don't know that it's a – I'd say it's a rivalry, but uh, – It's just the whole Washington-Baltimore. It's just really the, the Washington-Baltimore thing, yeah. And, you know, the, the Washington fans, of course – you know, Baltimore, the Orioles were Washington's team from 1972 right. to uh, whenever the Nationals whenever, came. Yeah. What was that, 2005 was their first season in Sounds about right. D.C. And, you know, that Peter Angelos, I, I don't agree with much of anything that involves him, but, you know, I agreed <laughs> with this. He signed off on it, but he said, you know, but we get the mass and TV deal because that's going to be our survival. Um because, you know, D.C. got the most affluent part of the Orioles right. market. Right. You know, the Northern Virginia, Montgomery mm-hmm. County, uh, uh, D.C. And, you know, and, and now that, that looks like that's going to fall through. So, you know, there, there's not, there are, are ill feelings be, between the two organizations. Right. But, but, but the Baltimore, D.C. thing, believe me, I lived it and experienced it. it it's it, real. It is real. It is real. Who uh, who ranks higher on your bleep list, Peter Angelos or Rob Manfred? Because <laughs> you definitely oh, seem to brother. have. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> or is you, it one in one A? I I have to, <laughs> you know, Angelos is ours, so I you know I, I will always take Peter Angelos' side over <laughs> Rob Manfred's side. Uh, Pirates tomorrow. Oh, by the way, they go from playing the worst team in the West to the best team in the West. Uh, they're at the Giants uh, as they wrap up their six game West. West Coast roadie Chad Cool will pitch tomorrow for the Bucks. Uh, Johnny Cueto, who's still in, in baseball, yeah. uh, will start for the Giants. So there you go. I bet you the Pirates win that series. What What's on the line here? What are we talking about? Well, I'm not going to bet anything of value. I'm well, just neither saying, am I. I'm just I saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Like, are uh, you just just you know just throwing it out there? Yeah. Okay. See, I, you have a hard time selling me on that. After they just, just they just got swept by the worst team well, that's, in Major League Baseball. It's baseball, so that this is that's probably what will happen. So anything could happen. I, I I told you if they get one game from the Giants, I'll be happy. Okay, just one. You're saying they win the series. I say they win two out of three. Interesting. All right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, I have nothing to base it on other than baseball. Baseball is weird. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Baseball is funky that way. Sports yeah. in general are funky that way. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. And also another programming note: uh, no show tomorrow. As uh, we are both out, of course, after today, I'm out for a week plus. Okay. Uh, taking some time off 
and just getting some R and R and whatnot. So swimming pool movie stars. Yes, one of those two, actually. Okay. I'm not saying which one though. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Although you can probably imagine. Uh, so yeah, no show Never tomorrow. Been. No show. Actually, no show tomorrow. No shows all next week. Uh, and then we will rejoin uh, the following week. So there you go. Um, all right, so a little NBA talk here as the season just wrapped up the other day. And Giannis, again, I will not pronounce his last name because I cannot pronounce his last name. I've tried and failed several times. I just quit attempting it. Uh, had a, you know, We talked about it yesterday. He had an NBA Finals before the ages. Three games with at least 40 points. Uh, averaged 35 points in the Finals. Uh, on his way to being, you know, named Finals MVP and winning his first uh, NBA title. After all the dust had settled from, you know, that Game Six victory, uh, Giannis sat down with uh, ESPN's Malika Andrews uh, to give uh, this interview. I'll give it a listen. When you won MVP the first time, you said, "Don't call me MVP again until I win it again," and then you won it again, and you said, "Don't call me MVP again until I'm a champion." What unfinished business? was left for you there? You know, I always wanted to be a champion. You know, period. You know, I feel like, you know, if I kept hearing the word MVP and MVP, I just gonna settle. You know, I'm not gonna work to be better. I never dreamed to be the MVP. I wanted to be a champion, you know, and I didn't want to feel like, you know, settle. Once I got the MVP, I'm like, oh yeah, I want MVP. It's okay, whatever. You know, I'm good now, you know, I'm, Everybody know who I am. I uh, made my name in the league or whatever the case might be. But that's why I never want to be have something that holds me back that I cannot work as hard as possible. I wanted to be a champion, and I said, "Don't call me MVP until I'm a champion." You know, now don't call me nothing. You know, uh, I have the same mentality, and that's the messed up part about my brain. You know that we just did it, like we did it a couple hours ago, and I'm already thinking about. How can I do it again? You know, how can I make this team better? What can I improve to help this team be better? You know, so. But that's that. That's what. That's who I am. That's what made me. You know, that's what allowed me to be in this position talking to you. You know, that mentality. You know, so I can't change it. The city of Milwaukee. You chose to stay here when there were many folks who said it would be easier done somewhere else. Does it mean more to you to win here, to win like this? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing feeling, you know. And um, doing it, just doing it for the the people that believed in you, man. Fifty years in the waiting. Giannis Antetokounmpo scores fifty in an MVP performance, delivering the 2021 NBA championship to the Milwaukee Bucks. We might never win another one. It's it's fine. Like we did it, you know, we did what we we're supposed to do, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'd rather do it this way, win one this way, than go somewhere else in a super team and win two or three. Come to the city, I knew that the city we uh, do whatever it took for us to win a championship, put us in a position, and I knew that I had to get better. And um, you know, I felt comfortable with the decision I made. Happy to stay in the city, and um, it worked out. How does the kid from Greece process this moment? It's a crazy moment, man. The kid from Greece don't believe this is happening right now. That's the crazy part. You know, it's it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey. I still has it having like now. 
understand what's going on right now, you know, but um, I tried to soak everything in. But like that kid did not ever thought this is going to happen, you know, and now the kid in Milwaukee right now sitting in this chair, champion, whatever the case might be, don't know what's down the line, you know, so I just got to keep doing what that kid from Chris did. Just work extremely hard for, you know, for everything that, uh, that he, he gets. So that's what I want to keep doing. All right. So I make no secret that I'm not the biggest NBA guy in the world. Okay. But the more I listen to this kid talk, the more I, the more I love him. Yeah. The I more like- I am exposed to Giannis, whether mm-hmm. through his play or interviews like that, it's like, how can you not get behind and root for a guy like that? And, and you just listen to what he said in that interview. He's like, you know, MVP wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like he, he didn't want to settle and say, I'm the MVP. Like, he didn't want anything to get in his way of his drive for that title. He's, and, and I love the line. I actually I wrote it down and said, don't call me MVP until I'm a champion. To me, that's great. That's fantastic. And he's like, and, and immediately after winning the championship, what, two nights ago, he's already thinking about next year. Right. And ways to get better. And he also, another thing that stuck out to me was that he would have rather done it the way he did it mm-hmm. than be like some other players mm-hmm. and jump ship to make that super team and win two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, is, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there and be blunt about it, is Giannis the anti LeBron? Is he – because a lot of people do not like LeBron James. A lot of people cannot stand LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it goes all the way back to him bolting Cleveland for Miami, creating that super team down there. Yes, he came back to Cleveland to win one, but then he bolted for the Lakers uh, to create another super team there. And then a lot of his social media – Interactions. I don't even know if Giannis is on social media. I have no idea. Uh, getting caught in the political things that LeBron has. A lot of people have been soured on LeBron. And it almost seems like Giannis is just a breath of fresh air. Uh, in the end, not just NBA, but professional sports in general. Like, is that, is he a guy that could be the new face of the NBA? Is basically what I'm asking. Well, I cer- he certainly is now, and uh, yeah, I believe so. And yeah, he is—he he is a, f- a refreshing uh, breath of air. And uh, but I, I don't know; it, it takes all kinds to make a world, you know. And uh, there's a place for everybody, really. And, and it's great to see somebody like that. Uh, just you know. For a lot of us, come out of nowhere. I know it, that's not the case. Right, right, right. And it's like you know, just make you step back and say, "Wow, that's that's pretty pretty amazing. It's pretty wonderful." And for to see him enjoy it as much as he does, that's certainly refreshing as well. Right, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they reference him, him being the the kid from Greece. In many ways, he's still he's still a kid. Uh, you know, he's he's still a young superstar, mm-hmm. and you know, we talk about winning. The ultimate goal is winning a championship. Obviously, uh, anytime you play any sport, any team sport, or even individual sport, I guess, mm-hmm. are all. How do I want to phrase this? Are all championships created equal? Like, do you think 
Like, this title means more because he stayed in Milwaukee. And, you know, we talked about yesterday, they had won 15 games eight years ago. Right. You know, does that this title mean more than maybe if he would have left and signed on with LeBron in L.A. or mm-hmm. Steph Curry? And you think, you know, are all titles not created equal? Does this one feel better? Feel You know, is it bigger in some way, somehow? Well, I mean, the, you know, the, the old saying, don't tell me how to make the sausage, show me the sausage, you know? Uh <laughs> No, I think uh, you know NBA title is, is, is it, 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 it's a, it's whatever value it has right. is the same no matter how you do it, and uh, you know, yeah, I think it, it probably is a, a more uh, rewarding or no, I don't want to say more rewarding. I, I, I'm sure it's very special to have won it the way that the Bucks did, and um, but I I don't. Think there? I don't see anything wrong with uh, the way you know LeBron tries to do it. Uh, I you know that's just the way of the world. That's the way it is. It's it's all controlled by the marketers and and the agents and right. That's who you know runs professional sports really. But uh, uh, you know my problems with. I mean, I like LeBron fine, but I mean, he, it, 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 he's gotten to be contrived sometimes. Now, his politics don't bother me. Right. I mean, heck, I'm free to state my political sure, views. Sure. No, just no one cares, you know. <laughs> right. And you're free to state your political views, but uh, and also nobody cares. That right. doesn't bother me. Uh, I I thought he was a bitch much right out of the shoot. Frankly, he was getting on my nerves when he was in high school sure. when he was King James. Right, right, right. And As a sophomore, the, yeah. The the commercial and everything. And hey, more power to him. Right. Uh, but you know, he's a great NBA player, one of the greatest of all time. I, I still don't understand. Uh, how people say he's—I mean, well—he's different than Jordan. You you can't compare them; they're just completely different right. players. Right. LeBron, I think, is more of a Michael or a Magic Johnson w- w- on steroids, so to speak. And <laughs> right. I'm, that's a joke. Right. I, I mean, right. I, right. I, right. I, right. I mean, he's—I mean, he's an amazing player. He's one of the greatest of all time. But don't get—I don't understand how you could say he's the greatest of all time, and I don't understand how. Uh, you could say Michael Jordan's six titles are the most anybody's ever won in anything. I mean, that's still there. Everybody's got to get to six. Well, what about the 11 Bill well, Russell? That's right. You know? That's always, yeah, the 11 with Russell, sure. And how many is Tom Brady working on now? You well, know, eight. So right. I don't know. This is really nice because this is the way it always was done. And I think that makes us all, you know, always think back to the way things were and. Uh, just y- you like to see hard work and uh, taking it on the chin rewarding. Right, rewarded, right. Uh, it, it, it would have been easier for him to take off and, and sign oh, with somebody very else. very easy, yeah. And I think that people would have looked at that, not that people's opinions matter much, but they, that would have diminished a title had he won it somewhere else. I think you look at the titles that well, LeBron— I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that I, I, I look at the titles that LeBron's won in Miami, L.A., and in Cleveland. I think people point to that one in Cleveland— as his biggest achievement, like his, I don't know, greatest title because, and granted, he did I believe leave, so. You know, because it happened in Cleveland. Now, you had some cases where, you know, back in the day, a guy like, uh, we'll go hockey here, like Ray Bork, who's one of the greatest defensemen mm-hmm. ever, spent years in Boston, right. never won a cup, 
had to leave. Right. And then finally won one in Colorado. That's different. Yeah, yeah. Because he was just chasing. At that point, you're chasing the ring. You're chasing the title. Rather than leave a team whenever you're in your prime just to win one. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. LeBron uh, left Cleveland. I guess he just felt he needed for his brand. Um, And I'm being serious because that's. That that's that's what makes the the clock go right, TikTok right. In, in the NBA in right. particular. That he had to have a title, so he he it was part of this mission statement, I guess. I don't know. So he had to go to Miami. Put they put that team together. He they, they won what two titles? Three? How many did they won? I two? think it was two. I'm pretty sure it was two. Yeah. All right. So they so they win there, and it's like, all right, I'll go back to Cleveland and we'll get it done there. Right. And now he didn't have to do that. Right. You know, uh, but but it's like he had to go to Miami first to get that title out of the way. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. part, part of the and I so you know, and he did it, and that 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 was really a pretty cool story. Right. A when he went back, and B when Cleveland finally won a championship. And, right. And, and, and so he, my work here is done. Right. Now we'll now continue we're off to, to LA. <laughs> yeah. Continue commit, to push commit, the brand. Yes. Yes. And where else better to push it? But in Los Angeles, right. All right, uh, one quick break, and then we are back to wrap things up for the day and the week. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Been a long, it's been a long morning, and it's only seven fifty. <laughs> I know that that's that's just the, the phenomenon of this this adjustment that right, right. I made in my life. I mean that this is this way you be, as they say. Right, but it's just like, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, what am I doing? That's what it feels like sometimes. What am I doing? Just yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty surreal right now. Definitely a change. All right, before we get out of here, uh, as always, let's check on the player who delivered. Brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. And uh, Mike, I'm sorry to have to play this for the third time this show. Oh well. But uh, how about Tampa Bay's Austin Meadows? Owen to the Meadows, and the pitch line drive up the middle base hit. Here is Mejia to score the tying run. Here is Kiermaier to score the winning run. And Austin Meadows has delivered. And the Rays have won the series and walked off the Orioles 5-4. to four. The call on WDAE, I just noticed he actually used the word delivered in that call, which is pretty appropriate. Uh, Meadows' his first walk-off hit of the season, two out, two-run single in the ninth. They give the Rays uh, the 5-4 win over the Orioles. Tampa Bay has won 10 of 13. Uh, to remain a game behind Boston for first in the AL East. Uh, Meadows hit, by the way, came on an 0-2 count. And that is the player who delivered brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. File 13. Here we go. go. Bucket. All right, so you have a new piece coming out that'll be up on our Facebook page probably later today, if not tomorrow. Uh, No later than tomorrow. And uh, what's that going to be about? Give us a little preview, Mike, about your uh, ABC Whatever you want to call it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the ABCs are watching Losing Baseball. Yeah, that's what. That's right. Just don't fight it. <laughs> I mean, and I, I violated my own uh, 
code yesterday because that upset me. Ah, that, that, yes. That meatball pitcher would throw <laughs> such a meatball pitch. And on a no two count like that, but you know he created the mess, and you know then there was he, he, his infield let him down, and you know uh, so you, you know did... just just you know it is what it is. Uh, the Orioles are in a rebuild, and uh, uh, the, the Pirates we we discussed yesterday. Right. We don't know what they are. Uh, the, the Nationals, I mean, the Nationals are in, in good position, so it didn't really touch on them too much because. I think that they're they're going to like, if, as you said, Strasburg comes back and is healthy. That that's really going to help them. Uh, just you know, it, it, when there's no pressure on your team, like if, in a pennant race, you know, each pitch takes a little bit of life away from you. Right. You know, uh, you're testy about the umpire, the manager's moves. Da 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 da. You know, and the only fun about being in a pennant race is after the game is over and your team has won. And That's well put, well said. And uh, you know, here in this case with the Pirates and the Orioles, it's like, man, just watch baseball, yeah. enjoy baseball. You know, they're enjoy, bad. Enjoy the broadcast or critique the broadcast. You know, the Orioles have some very good announcers uh, that they brought in to replace Gary Thorne, which I don't understand. Who I thought he was one of the best <laughs> sure. in baseball. I agree. I agree. And the Orioles also have a very Horrible play-by-play guy, <laughs> and uh, I, which I don't understand. I mean, how he keeps landing behind an Orioles microphone. He has no business calling baseball games. Is one of the color guys Ben McDonald? Yeah, yeah. And I the, love him. And, and Jim Palmer, Ben McDonald, or you're not going to get two better analysts than that, them. Right. They're, they're fantastic. Right. And but Scott Garceau, play-by-play, is just absolutely just. <laughs> He's hard horrible. To, he's hard to listen. He to. was he was really good when he did the Ravens games. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, he he just shouldn't do baseball. And he like he, he, he Jim Palmer's telling a story. Who do you want to hear talk baseball? Right. Jim Palmer right. or Scott? Yeah, let the, let him Scott keep, let Garceau. <laughs> yeah, oh, we we've struck a nerve here. Yes. Uh, with uh, the well, I did it to myself. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention his name. That's right. So Mike's uh, uh, Mike's advice is: if you know your team stinks, just enjoy the ride. And if they win, it's it's pretty much icing on the cake, and go from there. Don't stress out over the inevitable, <laughs> more more or less. Yeah, I was looking for a little icing yesterday. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, we survived, Mike. We did it. That music means that we're done. We made it through the morning again. I'm off all next week. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. Have I will. Great time. I will do my best. Probably having a great time doing yard work. I'll be thinking about it. Not. <laughs> Not. <laughs> All right. Amanda's up next. Stick around for her show. Uh, Mike and I are gone until the following week. We'll see you then right here on the Morning Rush. That's it. Uh, we're done. Get out of here. Hello. Bye.